0: Welcome back, all you beautiful people, to Booze and Buffy, a podcast where we are watching and discussing every episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer and Angel one by one. We will be free of spoilers from future episodes, but full spoilers on any episodes that we have discussed in the past. I'm Jason, and I love me a good gas station food stop to get, like, some beef jerky and all that random crappy junk food Mm -hmm. and i am harrison and i love a random mystical blue-haired lady who can close up in reality for you i mean that's your type. oh yeah uh jason which episode are we watching today we are watching angels season three episode 20 we're in the 20s man we're almost done uh new world we'll set whole new I know. world <laughs> i actually was thinking that earlier when i was like thinking about the episode Well, I made like... that joke at the end of the last episode <laughs> um this is the one where connor comes back from kortoth and gets into wacky hijinks that only uh that only a young man raised in a hell dimension can get into uh and while the rest of angel investigations is dealing with the random portal in the middle yeah. of the hotel. Uh, a New World was written by Jeffrey Bell and was directed by Ted Minear, and it originally aired on May 2nd. Wait, what? Something. I think it was May 2nd. Hold on. It's May 6th. How interesting. You wrote down a series of Ts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, May t- <laughs> May 6th, 2002 Hit it Jason Harrison We're drinking some beers today We are drinking some beers What's your beer? Uh, the Country Boy Brewing Shotgun Wedding And um, What's your beer? mine is uh kentucky tangerine cream ale so i think i've only had their bourbon barrel ale mm-hmm. and it's a damn good beer i have had their bourbon barrel ale, ale too and yes it's very good the tangerine cream is it, it's all right um uh so these as i've mentioned off mic i almost said off camera um uh these were brought by friends of the podcast Ben and his boyfriend Mike. They came over the other night we had a little movie night and um I actually learned that night that Mike doesn't really like beer but is like trying to get into beer. Um and the tangerine cream was one that he's like to like ease himself into. And it was it's pretty good. It was it's not my favorite I've ever had but like you know as far as a beer that was free brought to my home. <laughs> not going to complain. <laughs> Uh, shall we have a toast Jason uh, yeah what what should I toast um, there's just like there's not a lot of great things going on in the world at the moment accurate. <laughs> um, uh, Wow, I feel really bad. I'm, like, not coming up with anything <laughs> to be happy about. Um, <laughs> wow. Sorry, that sounded a lot more depressing than it was meant to be. Like, <laughs> um, You know what? Uh, okay, I started working with a theater company, uh, Highview Arts Center. Um, it's in town. It's nice and close to where I live, nice. Uh, and we are currently working on a production of a Christmas Carol, uh, which I'm very excited to be. It's like my first like, straight play that I've done in a couple of years and uh, having fun with it. But uh, Highview Arts Center in general, it has um, like recently become host to a lot of different events and a lot of little the- smaller theater companies that don't have their own spaces in Louisville. are now being being able to, like, uh, take up residence in and, like, have their shows run in the Highview Arts Center space. Yeah. So um, I'm hoping that uh, as that theater company grows, that helps them as well. So I'm wishing them all the best. So here's to the Highview Arts Theater Company. Cheers. Highview Arts Center. Pardon me. Mm. All right. so I, like I was trying to think of stuff and all. I Like, <laughs> well, you know, there's like war in the Middle East, war in war in Ukraine. Like, our House of Representatives sucks. Yeah, there's some <laughs> shit going down in Guatemala right now. Oh my god. Yeah. But anyway, let's let's talk, <laughs> let's just jump right into this episode. So we pick up right where the last uh, episode left off. We have this. Uh, man who is this young man who is clad in animal skins demon skins or what is the was that what does the, the drug dealer end up calling him like chamois or something something like that which yeah, like I, I, I've never heard that term before I, outside of this I have I heard it on something recently actually and it sounds think like a douchey thing to say in general i I think it's a might be like a time specific um Chamis. Uh, a chamois tends to be made from a specific type of chamois leather. The leather is excellent for polishing and shining up everything from the surface of a vehicle to fine jewelry. Okay. So it's like a type of leather. I guess. That's... Is that where like shamwow comes from? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> we should know this um, I feel like the I mean if that's the case that is sounds s- like a regional thing such a, a regional thing and such a like like a like a early 2000s like infomercial sort of thing yeah didn't I mean, that guy die what didn't that guy die uh the ShamWow guy uh no uh OxyClean, uh yeah, Billy Mays that's right Billy Mays yeah no um Lance of ShamWow I believe is still alive okay. Uh what is this what what have we talked about so far? Um, so Connor is now at least we are guessing like 18 years old and he is played mm-hmm. by Vincent Carthriser, who you may know of um Mad Name. Yeah, would be what he's most famous um, for. Yeah. I think and, he's on a DC show right now, like maybe Doom Patrol or maybe the Titans show. It's, it's not one of, like, the CW shows, but... It, the one that's on HBO Max. hmm Excuse me. Max. Max. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh, maybe yes. it's on Max. Who knows? He um, He's just killed that giant demon, uh, and now he has his... Uh, his hand cannon... Uh, I'm trying to think of like a good term for this. I, like a I th- like a wrist wrist launcher. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, you can guess what's in what that ammo is. It's stakes. And uh, he, we get the first of a few fight scenes that were very just not well shot. Yeah, I couldn't tell if it was like. Bad fight choreography, bad editing. Um, like I actually, bad cor- editing. Too- I think the choreography is fine. I think it's all in the editing because yeah. you have shots that are slowed down. Like first off, you have this, where he's shooting the stakes at Angel, and you have not great CGI. This is yep. not a great. This was not a great like effects in general. Yeah. Uh, episode and. I mean, just goes the show practical effects mm-hmm. work better, at least at this time. I know that, like, CGI had to grow and develop, but it can do that in, like, crappy movies. Yeah. Uh, this is... Yeah, this wasn't great. Well, and the, the use of... Especially in this first scene, the use of slow motion was a really strange choice. Because we see... We see all the different members of Angel Investigations kind of split up and start to do separate things. So, on one hand... I do think slow motion can be very helpful when you've got a lot of moving pieces. I'm thinking of um, uh, what comes to my mind as a really successful use of slow motion in an action scene is uh, X-Men Days of Future Past, um, Quicksilver's kitchen scene, but that's because there's a lot of stuff happening. I mean, of course, like, you know, the Matrix. Right. Yeah, exactly. But here, it looks like they're setting up for a lot of stuff to be happening all at once, which slow motion is helpful for that, but then then it really doesn't. Yeah, but then there are also, like, um, shots that move at regular speed and shots that move yeah. sped up. It's really it's, chaotic. Yeah, yeah, and it's not just this scene. It's the fight scene between Connor and all, like, the druggies, and then the end scene in the motel as well. Yeah. Um, I, I wonder if it's maybe meant to evoke like we're kind of seeing this from Connor's perspective and it's it's very chaotic and he's very confused. And... I was actually thinking um, seeing this from Angel's perspective and uh, it's kind of like the shock. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, but, I mean... I think it works for both of them, really. It, it does... I mean, I don't think it works. Yeah, but it, it applies to both of <laughs> yes. them. But, yeah, it's... I mean, if it were just this opening scene... I'd forgive it because they wanted to have, like, something special for, mm-hmm. like, the first true appearance, the first full appearance of Connor as an adult, but it's, um, and we're just going to use adults. Yeah. Um, but the fact that it is also in all the other fight scenes in this episode, it's, it's, especially in the second one, that's when I really started to notice, like, this yeah. is weird. There is a cool shot, though, of him doing this, like, flip, like, he, in, like, flips, I think, Maybe gun or possibly the crucelug, like over him. That was cool. Yeah. Also, um, he does like I think there is like he does like one wheel kick that hits all three yeah. of them in the face. I think the choreography is great, and I like the idea that you know Connor's been like you can tell right away Connor's been trained all his life mm-hmm. to do this to take down Angel, and he's able to. Beat the shit out of all three of them unawares, uh, which he does. And um, but angels trying to stop them. Eventually, angels like able to overpower him. He's got like one of Connor's like wrist knives to his neck. I like the wrist knife. It was pretty cool. I don't know how practical it is in terms of fighting, but as far as a weapon goes, I it... mean, close combat. It's it's a fairly long knife. So. Yeah. Uh, you know let's not get into the effectiveness of, (laughs) of killing things at close range uh but yeah like the the fight ends um angels like you know he's got connor on the ground and he's holding that knife to his neck but i think like he looks at him and i was expecting to say like maybe something about the eyes or something like he knows that like it's connor because of that but uh he like you know he just stops lets him go and of course, Connor bolts for it. Angel tries to follow him out into the sunlight, but uh, fortunately, Gruselog and uh, Gun are able to hold him back. And they say, "We'll go look for him." Yeah, this felt like a um, a nice Angel about to run out into the sun for Connor. Felt like, uh, you know, deliberately or not, a callback to his conversation with Cordelia early in the season about what happens if Connor needs to go to the hospital or something like that during the day. Um, and this is, you know, the far opposite extreme of that, obviously. Yeah. But um, that willingness to run out into open daylight for mm-hmm. Connor. Um, I mean, it's a testament to Angel's love for him. Yep. though know, maybe he doesn't deserve it. <clears throat> um, <laughs> no, no. We have to let... We, ha- we can't just jump the gun <laughs> and immediately talk about our true feelings for Vincent Carthreiser's Connor. Mm. We have to let it grow. Mm. We have to let the audience grow with Mm. it. It's alright. We'll we'll make it. (sighs) Harrison mentioned how we don't have a lot to look forward to for a while. Um, Let's just say that uh, the next bit of storytelling throughout Angel like the end of this season and a lot Mm -hmm. of next season is we're into some rough territory. Yeah. Um... And, and I don't want to scare people away. Yeah. It is not all bad. There's there's some truly great stuff to, to look forward to as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, the show, starting in this episode, unfortunately, I do think makes some serious missteps. And, yeah. And uh, think of it as... Buffy season 4 yeah. Like I very much went Me especially went into <laughs> Buffy season 4 Being like okay Not a fan of this season Like the least favorite season of Buffy But you know we made it through And we had some fun talking about The stuff that we didn't like okay. So we're, we're gonna do that We're probably gonna <laughs> do that for Angel season 4 uh, Gunninger are trying to go after uh, Connor but then Connor Jumps on top of a bus and we get just ooh bad green screen. It's really bad green screen. <laughs> like ringer bad. <laughs> it's like I was. That's a good. That's a good callback too. I was. I was gonna say like Netflix bad, like <laughs> the chroma key. Anytime someone's driving in a car on a Netflix show. <laughs> oh. uh, but uh, Gunn does notice that the bus is number seven. So um, when they get back to uh, the hotel. They have a plan. They start coming up with a plan. Uh, Fren and Gun are going to follow the bus, the trail of the bus. Angel's going to go in the sewers. And, um... Cordelia, however, is extremely worried about the fact that there is the rift into Kortoth, just open in the hotel. So, uh, she and the Gruselar are going to stay there and the Gruselar is going to try to, like, kill anything that comes out. Uh, and... Uh Lorne is knows a uh loss <laughs> Lorne knows somebody who knows somebody who is apparently all hands. Yes. And uh 50. <laughs> I love how I immediately had to do jazz hands jazz for hands. that. Jazz hands. <laughs> I feel like anytime you say the word hands, it should be accompanied by jazz hands. I agree. Especially if you're it's in relation to like hand jobs. It's like do you want a hand job? <laughs> I mean I'm not gonna lie, you you do add a little pizzazz to it, right? <laughs> also, someone... anytime you say pizzazz, you yeah. have to do. <laughs> if someone was doing jazz hands while offering you a hand job, like you'd probably <laughs> say yes. <laughs> That's just my theory. <laughs> <laughs> not, not your worst one. <laughs> uh, but yes, he knows a like, he knows a guy he knows a guy who is uh, who could be able to close this dimensional rift. Yeah. What I like here, um, we really seek Uh, because Angel just he goes he gets into the sewer before the rest of the plan is formulated and it sounds like initially uh, because Cordy takes charge um and I love that for her but it sounds like initially she's gonna have Gunn and Fred start at the end of the bus line and her and the Grusel are gonna start basically at the hotel and they're gonna essentially meet in the middle looking for Connor until the portal catches or the rift catches her eye and she's like oh fuck no actually someone has to stay here and guard this um so i liked the way i I just i loved her taking charge um in a way that we of course know she can but i also love that the plan is a good one it's a solid plan um and so that that just really shows um cordy's growth as far as not just her empathy and how much of a better person she's become. But she's also been paying attention. She's got the critical thinking skill. I mean, she's always had critical thinking skills. Um, she may have never known when to keep her mouth shut about certain mm-hmm. topics. Um, but she's always been smart. But putting that that brain power to use um, in, a, in a tactical fashion, I love seeing that side of her. It's good. Love that for her. Yeah. Love that journey. And, like, during the fight scene, she doesn't participate in the fight scene with... Um, uh, with Connor at the beginning, it's Angel, Gun, and Gru, but she's got a sword yeah, and she's, she's ready. Uh, she specifically takes the role of protecting Lorne and Fred, um, who are, you know, our least combat capable mm-hmm. members of the team. So I love seeing that too. I thought that was great. It's just a little detail, but, you know, we love the little details on this show. Yep. And uh, one more thing uh, that is important about this scene is. Um, uh, Fred initially suggests that uh, Wesley could help them close the tear but that's when Gunn reveals because he hadn't revealed to them where he got the info for mm-hmm. the demon in the last episode uh, but he says like no I already went to Wesley for help and he made it clear that that door is closed yeah. um, smash cut to a door but uh, yeah, um, and, and Fred okay. Fred does notice that like she's the one who says like, you went to Wesley to help me Um, I also just want to point out um, those slugs must have really been absorbing every ounce of that vodka because it wasn't half an hour ago that Fred chugged half a bottle of vodka. (laughs) Like Realistically, Fred should be unconscious right now. (laughs) They got the ethanol. (laughs) So, uh, the door that we do smash cut to is Wes's door. And is being knocked upon by Harrison's favorite sex, sex personified. <laughs> I mean this this like conversation is just dripping with sexual oh. tension. I mean, it's easily the best scene of the episode, in my opinion. I've got a, I've actually got another, uh, another scene okay. that I like, and we'll, I'll bring it up when we get to it. I'm interested because I, I have another scene that I, th- I think is the second best scene of the episode so I'm curious if our okay. thoughts align but, but let's l- let's leave that a little suspense but uh, yes Lila is there um, to uh, she goes in and uh, Wes already knows why she's there uh, she wants him to work at Wolfram and Hart because oh hey he's clearly broken ties with Angel Investigations but still knows all the inner workings of it and uh she like you know tries to sell him with like oh it's got this great uh like that it's got this like library this archive of all these ancient texts and west is like nope she specifically says that it's like the biggest archive of like mystical texts in the world do you think that's true or do you think she's bullshitting i think it's true personally. i think it's true as well the yeah. only organization i could think of that could possibly rival Wolferman Hart would be the Watchers Council, yeah. but Wolferman Hart is just—they're so evil. It feels like the, you know, no, it, yeah, like, so the bad guys but, always have more resources. Yeah, no, yeah, like the, there's so much more that Wolferman Hart has access to that we've seen, and a lot that we haven't seen. Yeah. So, um, like we know they're interdimensional, yeah. and uh, you know, like not to spoil anything, but we find out more oh. about Wolferman Hart later on in the series and you know get an idea of just how much stuff is there yeah so uh yeah um she she then says like oh well here's a here's a gift and she gives him a 16th century edition of the inferno uh by uh, dante Alighieri. um have you read the entire divine comedy i have read inferno yeah excellent very very good I started purgatorio. Is it I was, is it, I couldn't remember which came first, but yeah, I started purgatorio. Couldn't get into it. Okay. Uh could just I was like it's, it's It seems like that would be like the weakest installment right? Just judging by the nature of those dimensions. Um and then okay. I never tried Par- a paradise. Uh, but inferno is an incredible work of art I I really really like it we read sections of it in a senior year of high school for AP English literature and I've always kind of wanted to like you know read not just read the whole thing but also try to read the other installments Mm -hmm. as well just because you know I mean it's a journey of the poet Dante um who uh is um I believe he's trying to get to his wife yes and um yeah and uh Spoiler alert for a fairly old piece of fiction. It is the travels of Dante through Hell in the Inferno, Purgatory in Purgatorio, and then Heaven in Paradiso, which I believe ends with him meeting the spirit of his wife in Heaven. I believe. Yeah, um, that's what I picked up through pop culture osmosis. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, but the most popular. Mm-hmm. Uh, the most popular and most well-known of the three installments is the Inferno. I just think it's inherently the most interesting. um, I also, um, the version I read, it was in high school, but it was really cool. It was an illustrated version um, that all the illustrations, which were really beautifully done, featured um, some more modern uh, historical and fictional figures. So in the actual text, um, then... uh, then contemporary, historical figures and or and biblical and mythical figures are mentioned um, as as specifically as name dropped in this one is Judas Iscariot, but um, uh, so this version that was released I think maybe in like the seventies or eighties I'm not sure but it had you saw uh like the, like Hitler and you know stuff like that um that I thought just was really. It could have been really hokey, um, but it was done really well, and I felt like it really helped uh, me, especially because I was a, I was a teenager reading it. It helped me contextualize yeah. the text, um, and I was able to kind of get this the same sort of experience that a contemporary reader in the time that mm-hmm. it was released would have gotten. Yeah. So that was cool. Slight side note: um, not the Inferno, but I did, uh, but related to it. I did recently pick up a cool illustrated version of Paradise Lost. Nice. Uh, So that'll be something to dive into in the near future. I've also got a copy of Paradise Lost. I think it might be illustrated. that just sits on that shelf mocking me for the day I finally (laughs) am brave enough to start trying it. Yeah, and uh, the Inferno does refer to like nine circles of hell. um, And as you descend, it's like the worst sin and... uh, Lila points out that the, you know, in the ninth circle of hell, it's the uh, it's basically meant to be the circle of traitors, mm-hmm. and uh, the most famous of which is Judas Iscariot, because the the devil, I believe, has three heads, and each head is holding a traitor, and I believe the other like Judas is in the middle, and I believe the other two are Brutus and Nero. I think that's um, right. Um... It's been a long time since I've read <laughs> since I looked at the Inferno. Um Cassius and Brutus. Okay. Um alongside alongside Judas. Mm-hmm. Um which also that tracks. Yeah. Um, yeah. I love I I mean I just my my love for Lila is well documented at this point, but I really just enjoy her whole like now I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna make you say it. <laughs> But I like how she ends it with, like, the worst circle of hell is reserved for people who betray. So tell me again that you're too good for us. And yeah. Like, Damn, that it, is cold. Yeah, it's cold and true. Yeah. Um, and, which is why she's, like, so coy leading up to that. Um, this is where I had to unsploosh. Um, we, I, the scene ended, and I, I literally went sploosh, and we just smash cut to close up of Connor on top of the bus with the terrible, terrible green screen, and I was like, anti sploosh, <laughs> <laughs> and I want, I, I, want to say this, I don't, because I don't want to, I don't think Vincent Carthizer is an unattractive person. He's very, dis, he's got a very distinct look. But he's not, like, he's not, like, fucking rat-faced Lee Mercer. Um, my apologies to that actor. I literally
1: tried to make a, to make a comment been whole
0: where I like, literally like tried to be, like, I don't want to, like, insult his looks. And then immediately, like, insult someone else's looks. But um, I struggle with his casting as the son of David Boreanaz and Julie Benz. I can't see either of them in him. And and there are episodes where they'll pe- people will be like, you look so much like your father. And I'm like and, I don't am, see it. Am I on crack? <laughs> 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 Which of us is high right now? Because it's one of <laughs> us. Um, um I think I think it his in performance wise. I think he does an okay job in this episode. Yes. He's given a lot to do. You know, we he's the focus of the episode. Um but unfortunately, it's a lot that's very thinly drawn with I think one exception. Yeah. Um I if the uh if the um if the, if like you're basing your opinion of Connor solely off of this episode. I think I'd have a higher opinion of the character overall. Mm-hmm. Uh, my problems come up more in later episodes. Agreed. Uh, and, uh, sorry Angel. folks, this is a pro Don podcast. Yeah. It is not pro Connor. <laughs> not a pro Connor podcast. Um, so, uh, we're a con Connor. <laughs> <laughs> And with that, I am officially fired from Boos and Buffy. No, because I need someone to talk about Angel episodes. <laughs> um, So, Fred and Gunn say they've been following a trail. Uh, Angel's on the phone is like, what, is he hurting people? And they said, no, people are just kind of commenting that there's this guy running around in animal skins. <laughs> and, yeah. I love that Gunn refers to him as Peter Pan. <laughs> and um, someone else calls him Robin Hood. Yeah, Fred says, like, oh, another Robin Hood sign. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, and they say, well, what happened? And uh, Angel's still kind of like stuck in the sewers because the sun is still out. And uh, Gun says, like, okay, what happens if we find him before you do? He's like, my son is alive. He's going to stay that way. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think he knows that, you know guns immediate intuition is like oh it's a threat we need to take it out especially if it hits me back right. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, angels adamant and uh, that you know Connor not be hurt uh, gun says is there anything I can do for you and he's like yeah make the Sun go down I like that line yeah me too uh, so then we get gosh, this this storyline is such a trope like it's it's like the, oh, the, like, man out of time or man out of, like, from another land, like, coming across a completely unrelated damsel in distress. Mm-hmm. Or you could even flop those genders and, uh, and then, like, you know, kind of having this whole little story where they introduce them to this new world. It's a trope, um, or it feels like it should be because yeah. it, it definitely felt familiar and, um,. You know, I, I feel bad saying this, but um, this poor girl who plays Sunny, I believe her name is. Mm-hmm. Um, she's not Erica. Wow, Erica Thormallen, Um She's not. I don't know if it's like the 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 lines that they give her, the writing that they give her, but it's not a strong performance, yeah. and she does most of the talking yeah. in her scenes with Connor and it just, it is not compelling in the slightest for me. It comes across, well, all of this, um, everything about the storyline just come, feels like it's almost coming out of a different show. Yeah. Um, and I think part of that is deliberate that, you know, Connor comes from a world that is, you know, he comes from a hell dimension Presumably demons are, you know, just another Tuesday for him. He carries around the trophies of the things that he's killed. Right. So introducing him into a more grounded um, uh, human evil um, that we see here makes a certain amount of sense. Um, But it's just also over the top. Um, It feels like, you know, it feels like a after- You know the in um, community the Halloween episode where they do all this the stories. Gang marriage. A bit like like the over the topness of Shirley's story. Yeah. Like um, obviously it's going for something more gritty and dark, but I still was just like, yes, it was like every single beat was there. It's you know the the gangbangers and you know he tries to sexually assault her and. Um, you know, she's a drug addict and she dies. Yeah. There's really only one scene in the, in this whole storyline that actually works for me. Um, and it's the one where they're sharing the food. Yeah. Uh, um, And that's because it, it's, it's taking a step back and it's more introspective and not like, you know, not, it's not all of this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I will say the scene during this fight scene. There's a bit where he's, she kicks the door open and the one, his name's like Tank or whatever. He like, he's about to shoot Connor. She kicks the door and he shoots his buddy. Reminds me of my favorite part of Halloween Kills. Where that lady dresses the nurse. Oh <laughs> my god. He accidentally shoots herself in the face. Yeah. <laughs> That's on the hard. playground, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's so I remember you losing your shit when we saw that in theaters. Oh my god! It is it is such a beautiful moment of camp that I don't think was intended. No, it's like... God. As good as Halloween 2018 was, and it's my favorite Halloween movie, and I've now seen them all, uh, Halloween Kills was laughably bad. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I haven't watched it again since uh... I, I did, did. I did. I rewatch it before we saw Halloween ends. I'm not sure. I rewatched it before we saw Halloween ends, but that was mostly because John was coming to see Halloween ends with us, and he. So yeah, we, we, to we watched it. Yeah, yeah, that was. Oh my gosh! Well, I, now it was a fun theater experience oh. because. The crowd was loving it. We were we were in such a good crowd. (laughs) It was bad movie, great movie seeing experience. Yes, I I I do love those. Yeah. Um. So really quick. Um. So Connor goes to like this freeway that at first reminded me of like that semi truck scene in Terminator Mm Two, uh. But a little more graffiti. Um. This girl Sunny is trying to sell. Uh. Trying to trade. Yeah, it looked like she stole, like, three random CDs and she's trying to trade them for heroin, which... Oh my god, I just... Oh, I'm so stupid. I just realized that she said they're worth half a gram. I thought... You think she said half a grand? Yeah, and I was like, those three CDs are worth $500, girl. No. No. (laughs) Um, They're probably not worth half a gram of heroin, but... But yeah, she she keeps trying to like push these CDs on this guy, and he keeps saying no. And then he like throws them away, and so she like you know gets angry at him and uh, pisses him off. So he's like you know thrown her into his car off to do God knows what. Uh, Connor then jumps down, and um, at first this guy makes fun of how he's dressed, and then he does the signature drug dealer thing of whistling and all of his enforcers come out of the shadows wait, they, like five feet away were they just like, <laughs> hanging out there like oh, I get, yeah we, I can't, guess so. we gotta wait for him to whistle yeah it's it's ridiculous it's so stupid and um you know at first like uh connor gets like uh just a sucker punch with a crowbar but he's able to like you know wake up from that and then beat up everybody else With a little bit of help from Sonny. Mm -hmm. And uh, he originally is like ready to just like slit the drug dealer's throat. And uh, Sonny's like, no, don't. And so he, but he does cut off his ear to take as a trophy. And uh, yeah, it was (laughs) kind of metal. A little bit. (laughs) Um, Yeah. And uh, so that's that scene um this is also where just some of that weird editing came in during the fight scene yeah like yeah the second fight scene that has that weird editing uh back at the Hyperion uh Cordelia and Gru are still watching the rift this is where um you know some of the stuff that was hinted at in the last episode uh Gru is kind of pointing out just how much uh Cordelia has been talking about Angel and Cordelia says, like, well, he's, you know, there's been so much stuff happening with him over the past few weeks. Which, she's not wrong. She's <laughs> not wrong. Um, and, uh, but, you know, Gru thinks that, oh, do you think that I'm just not as good as Angel? And Cordelia's like, no, trust me. Like, And they start kissing because, uh... Uh, Gru is the only creature from another dimension that Cordelia is interested in. And, uh, but then in a little, little bit of electricity, CGI electricity comes out of the rift and Zaps knocks them. them both apart. Zaps them good. Yeah. Cock block. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the sun's pretty much down at this point. It's like dusky and uh, it's enough sun to kill most vampires but, but, not, but not not, not the lead not the lead of his own show uh so Gunn is getting information from the police and uh he says that you know somebody was killed but you know it's traced back to this guy and uh got his ear cut off and Fred's like ew yeah <laughs> which I think was my first impression as well um this guy this guy Tank. Is that that what we decided? Tyke. Tyke. That's even worse. (laughs) T-Y-K-E. He reminds me, he's like Army Hammer mixed with Billy Magnuson. That was like the look he was giving me. Like at first I thought it was like a younger Billy Magnuson. Um, But he was, he was doing a lot. He was, he was doing a lot so uh yeah angel says that um he's gonna keep looking for connor and he wants uh gun and fred to go back to the hyperion um so Sonny takes connor to an abandoned motel that uh, is being used for like you know people like homeless people and drug addicts and everything like that um they stopped at a gas station to pick up, as she says, like, the food groups, be, all the food groups, like beef jerky, yeah, applesauce, chocolate, sauce, chocolate uh, what looks like, um, like, Little Debbie's. Little Debbie's. There's definitely some Cheetos in there. Yes, there were. Fuck yeah, love um, Cheetos. And, uh, yeah, they, they find, like, a room. She, like, uh, she gives Connor some clothes to change into. Uh, enough for like sneaking a peek, right. uh, not even sneaking a peek, just getting a full she, on show. I would say he just strips right down in front of her. She just happens to turn and she's like, "Oh, okay." Um, you know, I will say surprisingly ripped. Um, under, I under wouldn't there. say surprisingly ripped. I mean, you know, we're we're not the CW yet. Well, fair, but you know, you got to have beautiful people yeah. if you're on the W V. And uh which Angel still is, Buffy is not. That's right. (laughs) UPN, which is stands for Ugly People Network. No, it doesn't. Really does. (laughs) I apologize for that. I just think what else would have been on UPN at this point? We would have had I think Voyager was still on. Yeah, Voyager was still on and Enterprise. Enterprise didn't start until two thousand and four. Yeah. Because, yeah, Vo- Enterprise is the only of that era that wasn't overlapping with, yeah, it, with one of the other Yeah, it started characters. the season after Voyager ended. That's right. Um, and it was also on UPN. Yes. Uh, for a minute I was about to say Charmed, but, like, no, that was the WB. That was WB. Um, I do remember, like, a stop-motion animated cartoon called The PJs that starred Eddie Murphy. Okay. Yeah. Um, because every now and again, and one thing, I remember UPN mostly for having uh, reruns that my brother and I would watch of like the Drew Carey show mm, and yeah. um, Friends. Uh-huh. Uh huh. But that's what I remember. Yeah, I think at this point, UPN was like. Also, Fridays on UPN, I believe they had WWF. Okay. I think that's where SmackDown was. It feels like. Star Trek and Buffy was, like, meant to be, like, UPN's, like, flagships to launch them to be a bigger network. I think Voyager definitely was. Yeah. And then, you know. Yeah. Then the merge happened. Then the merge happened, and, yeah. So, um, yeah, and like I said, Sonny's, like, uh, does most of the talking in this scene, And uh, she asked Connor, like, oh, why is he in um, L.A.? And uh, he said, like, oh, I came looking for my father. She's like, oh, I came to get away from mine. she talks about how, like, you know, parents, if there's like, you know, there should be like a test or something when people have parents or when people want to be parents. And, uh, you know, if they're crazy or evil, then, you know, they should be. What was it? castrated? sterilized, sterilized, and, and he's like hushly like he killed, killed. <laughs> and she's like, "Go you know, on." You don't say a lot, but I like what you're saying. And, I do um, like. I do like the scene of Connor trying the food. Um, well, it's a, let's just assume that it's the first time that he's had like processed sugar. Yeah, um, he. It's just, it, it's a much softer side of him than we've seen so far this episode. Um, and i liked seeing that because he's really despite the fact that he was raised he was kidnapped and raised in a hell dimension this episode isn't giving us a lot to empathize with yeah um but this scene i do think giving seeing that softer side of him is important yeah um at at one point he does like say that he recognizes a spoon as like an eating utensil but that's when sunny points out that uh, it's used for heroin and uh, a little bit of foreshadowing and she explains as medicine that makes you feel better um they start kissing and uh she then like before anything goes any further she says okay i'm going to be right back and goes off to the bathroom uh Gun and Fred go back to the hotel, and they see the Gru are just on the ground. Um, Wesley, uh, we just have like a really brief scene of Wes on the on his computer, his Apple laptop, mm. and uh, he then just look. We then get this look of him looking at the book, looking at the copy of the Inferno that Lila gave him. Uh, so, comp, yeah, just like brief little snippets of scenes there. Yeah. Um Connor wakes up cuz he fell asleep and uh he just looks through the motel for Sunny and he finds her uh in the bathroom uh she OD she's got the, still got the syringe in her, yeah. in her arm she's got the tourniquet on her around her arm and uh he sees that uh he picks up that packet and sees that um oh this is the stuff that she got from t- from Tike. yeah, <laughs> not great that's so stupid that's such a dumb name um, yeah because the minute that I said it, I'm like isn't it like what you call like a little, a little kid? kid yeah um, he turns around and Angel is there and uh, this is the scene that I, this is my favorite scene of the mm-hmm. episode because I, I think I've just built up this opinion of what I've seen of Connor later in the series that I hate him yeah. <laughs> and uh, I Honestly, this scene is actually incredibly powerful. I'm going to give most of the credit to David Boreanaz, though, because, mm-hmm. you know, I, was, I kept thinking to myself, like, oh, how do you react to this? How do you react to seeing your son um, now an adult uh, in the span of a few weeks? And, you know, especially since you never thought you'd see him again. Yeah. And, the like, just the, the cluelessness of what to do just trying to like make sure like not to scare him and uh just trying to tell him like oh i want i want to know everything about you and like he's and you know they're they're having this conversation while there's a dead body in the bathroom so look past that and you know angel's trying to show a soft side and um and that's when uh you know he keeps calling connor by his name and that's when connor's like uh don't call me that. My name's Stephen, And uh, I do like, Angel says like, Steven, okay. It's not Irish. Yeah, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's that like, more to himself than to Connor. Hilarious. <laughs> but uh, then it's like, you know, it's revealed that um, Connor sees Holtz as his father and he told him like, oh, Holtz told me, like my father told me everything about you and uh like that you have another face show me the face that um you killed my father's family with and uh and he does and that's when angel just says like that's only a part of me a part that i hope that you'll accept one day and yeah just the Dave or in this entire scene is fantastic yeah um it's really strong yeah he nails the tone and um i think you know vincent carthreiser nails the reactions that he's supposed to have for connor's arc yeah the the reaction he has when angel does show his vamp face was really good like he's he's expecting it but it still shocks him um i thought i that moment i thought was pretty powerful and it's like and you kind of wonder like do they tie that to um how that was, like, the face that made him stop crying as a kid. Right? Because I was, I was thinking about that when when he was saying that, like, show me that face that you killed. I was like, you love that face when you were a baby. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> that was just a few weeks ago. It was just a couple weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, um, unfortunately, like, before they can really get... Before, like, Angel can even, like, try to make a little bit of progress, Tyke and his boys show up, and, uh, you know, they... At first, they're looking to get the heroin back from Sunny. Uh, Connor had like uh, had had his jacket and had put it on. He was sniffing it to get the trail because yep. you know, like father like son. Yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, and An- That's honestly one of the main things that Angel's trying to do. He sees that Connor's really upset about um, about like her dying and yeah. is like about Sonny dying and is ready to just hunt down and kill uh mm-hmm. Tyke and, God, so dumb So dumb and um, and so he's trying to like calm him down it's like hey you can't you can't do that that's not the way things work in this world Of course you know tyke doesn't make the job any easier because you know comes in gun out and uh, I mean a big old dick yeah and then we get uh, another fight scene this time uh Connor and angel. Working together, in quotes. Yeah. Not to, working against one yeah. another. Yeah. <laughs> um, and this this has the same problems as the other two fights, and it's got this weird editing mm-hmm. of, sp- like, splicing in slowed down and sped up shots along with regular shots. I'm just, I'm not a fan of it. Yeah. Um, and, uh. Yeah, well, move through this. And, um,. So, the police eventually break in. I'm I'm skipping ahead a little bit, and then we're going back to the hotel. Fair Don't enough. worry, we're, we're still going to get that. <laughs> we're still going to get your favorite character. No, it makes sense to get through all of this stuff, because it, yeah. it all flows in a certain way. Um. So, uh, yeah, um, one of the henchmen says that, uh, you know, police are coming into the motel. Uh, Connor's, like, trying to make his way out um, right when... Uh, right when the police break in, because there's, like... Basically, they both get down on the ground while the police just, like, open fire because, you know, Tyke fired at them first. And uh, when the police come in, they see Connor escaping, and uh, one of them aims a shotgun at him, and uh, Angel notices that and, like, you know, takes that shotgun right in the back. Mm -hmm. And um, and he tells Connor to go, and, uh, but, you know, Connor won't leave without him. So... You think, oh, yay, everything is resolved. And they do eventually uh, get out. Uh, We go back to the Hyperion. And uh, Fred is able to... uh, While Cordelia and Gru have woken up, Fred is able to uh, find a picture of the beast that Connor killed at the end of the last episode. And uh, at first they're like, oh, it's usually as a mate, so now they're worried that maybe that came out while... um, while uh, Cordy, Cordy and Gru were unconscious, and it's really funny because when they're talking about what happened, they don't mention that they were making yeah. out. They skip straight from oh, we were talking, and then we got zapped. <laughs> <laughs> uh, of course, this is a big old red herring. Mm-hmm. And uh, then Lauren does enter. Um, that like just as the team is having a discussion on whether they should try to get a hold of Wesley anyway, who. So everyone seems to be Cordy and Gunn Are anti-calling Wes Gru doesn't really express An opinion other than Stark At Angel's feelings Must be But Fred is the one saying Well we haven't heard from Lorne We have no idea where he is Fuck it I'm calling Wes Which makes Mm -hmm. sense because you know um, Fred is very smart And she's Mm -hmm. trying to take the most logical approach Yeah I'm I'm pro-Fred in this argument. I mean it's a moot point because Lauren does show up and they're able to resolve it without having to um to to involve Wes. But yeah, I agree with her. I, I'm sorry, at this point, we tried the other option and it at the moment it seems like that's not gonna fall through. We and we have a potentially dangerous monster that's yeah gonna be coming out of this portal. They can, if they call Wes and he says no, that's not on them. My only, yeah, I was going to say that that would be my only issue would be that, uh, you know, Gunn said, that, like, he pretty much, Wes pretty much said, that, like, don't come back here. Yeah. So, like, would it even be worth our time? Yeah. Uh, would he even answer the phone? Uh, but Laura does show up with Mistress Myrna, and she is a specialist in dimensional magic. So much so that she can be at, like, you know, you turn around, she can be at another end of the room. Yeah. And uh, Harrison loves her. I just... Anytime Lorne, like, introduces us to, like, some colleague he has, like, I'm remembering there was that woman that helped them when they needed to get to Pylea. Yeah. She was cool. Like, he's just got all these cool colleagues in the mystical land. They're usually hot. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) And it's just... And she's just, she's, like, she has that, that thing that I love on both shows, but Angel in particular, where she's got this really mystical vibe. She's blue-haired, she's wearing, like, the cloak, and, yeah. you know, and, yeah, and she disappears and then reappears in a new spot, but she's also got, like, this modern vibe, you know, when she's about to do her spell, she makes sure she puts her safety goggles on. Yeah, like she says um, that, uh, you know... It's like this opening to Kortoth isn't a portal, it's a tear reality, a big cosmic no-no. Yeah. (laughs) So, like, I just, I like that. It just, it's one of those details that feel lived in. It also helps distract me from the fact that she just comes in and vanishes this problem away. She is very much a deus ex machina because, as we're going to see at the end of the episode, this portal rift is not what matters to the yeah. storyline we just need to get rid of it yeah she um so bring, bring a blue haired hot lady in to do it yeah and she asks uh lauren to put together like uh, a concoction and she uses that to close it and she's like all right it's done yeah. like well what did anything come through she's like do anything else they're like oh well, i don't know but i don't want to stick around to find <laughs> out so yeah it's like it's, a, it's a really funny like it's a really funny functional character. Mm-hmm. So, um... And, yeah, like, props to, uh, the actress who played her. His name is... Deborah Z-O-E. So, I don't know if that's Deborah Zoe or Deborah Zoe. Okay, uh, let's go Deborah Zoe. Yeah. Listen, if you're gonna... If you're gonna bring a deus ex machina character in to solve a conflict, make her fun. Yeah. And, uh so they they're still not sure like what came out of the portal if anything came out of it um so after the battle uh after like that huge fight um there we see uh, angel and connor like running down a street and uh they're hiding from the cops and this is when uh you know at first like connor's showing uh like some concern for angel like hey do you need to and i think this concern is genuine um because i think that uh you know who who holtz has been describing angel as for the entirety of connor's life probably doesn't match up mm-hmm. with this encounter with angel yeah. like the first encounter that he has he's, he's immediately confronted with a disparity between yeah presumably this narrative he's he's heard versus the reality of who angel is and mm-hmm. and and in fairness the narrative that he's heard from holtz based on what connor says in this episode is not inaccurate you know all of those things are true about angel um but they're not the full picture yep and uh angel like says you know if you need a place to stay you can come to the hotel you don't have to though um he's not trying to like force him or rush him and uh and uh, But, yeah, Connor says, like, no. He's like, okay, just know that you're not alone. And he says that, yeah, I know, I'm not. And uh, we see him go to an alleyway and it is revealed that a very rough-looking Holtz is also back in our world. Yeah. And, uh, and he says, hello, son. And Connor greets him with, hi, dad. Which is yeah. the same thing they said at the end of the last episode. This makeup is... Not very good. Even in the shadows, like it's this make the prosthetics and the makeup don't look. Convincing. He looks like a friggin' mummy. Yeah, he looks like those little slugs got to him. Yeah, <laughs> um, like, yeah. I, I don't, I don't know if they're just trying to make him look old, or if they're trying to make him look like, oh, I had a run in with like a fucking demon that just like nearly killed me. Yeah. It's, and I don't know. Maybe they explain that appearance later on. I don't remember. Because we're getting into like the part of Angel that I normally don't rewatch and revisit, mm-hmm. so, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's uh, so. For any of those hoping for a quick resolution and Connor immediately like being friends with Angel, it isn't, isn't going to happen anytime soon. Yeah, not as long as Holtz is around. Um, but that is a new world. A new world. Um, it's a really frustrating episode. There's 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 some bright parts to it, but it's it feels extremely functional um in a way to get us from point A to point B, but most of what happens in the middle is either really bland or really over the top. It feels and like it should be a better told story mm-hmm. for cuz you know, we're we're reaching the end game of season 3. Yeah. Like, this is the last, like, kind of really big development. And it just, it it falls flat. And unlike later appearances of Connor, I'm not going to put this on Vincent Carthreiser at Mm all. Um, I think that his performance is good in this episode um, for introducing this adult Connor and the conflict that he's going to get into with Angel. Um, But yeah, it's... Fight scenes just do not look good not not choreography wise just like the editing mm-hmm. wise um that awful green screen <laughs> really bad uh, and you know nothing else like really kind of holds too much weight you got a little bit of a little bit of a fun interaction between Wesley and uh and uh Lila, but you know the rest of angel investigations are like oh we we've got this dimensional terror then. You know, this person comes up and is like, oh, it's sealed up. Yeah. You know, Gunn and Fred are just kind of following Angel's, or Connor's trail, the whole, like, you know, Mm -hmm. if, and you know, I I don't mind the Angel investigations team being more or less sidelined for an episode when we're going to follow Connor, you know, it's his reintroduction as an adult into the show. So yeah, he should be the focus and the rest of the cast um, except for Angel, really should take a bit of a backseat. Yeah, but I mean, that's asking you know, at putting the rest of your cast to the backseat to develop a what is essentially a brand new character. Connor was not a character before; he was a prop. Mm-hmm. Um, and but now you know we're we're asked to follow him on this journey, and it's not a good one. I think you hit the nail on the head when you said that it's like a. It's way too grounded for everything that's been involved that's been Connor centric this season. Mm-hmm. Like you, you know, just going to like this random, like drug dealer, um, this drug addicted girl, like a gun like a gunfight. Yeah, we and... didn't even really like get into how honestly kind of stupid the shootout was. Yeah. It also felt a bit like a Deus Ex Machina of like Okay, the cops are going to take care of this so we can get away. It's it's yeah, none of it you know, none of it works. It would have felt more earned if you know, we have Angel taking the literally taking the bullet for Connor and that does seem to at least on the surface make Connor respect him some, but they haven't really achieved anything together. They just didn't die mm-hmm. like uh, it just yeah, it just all really falls kind of flat. Yep. All right. Well, what are you thinking about this episode? I'm thinking I'm gonna give this two little wrist knives <laughs> out of five. I'm gonna give it uh, one and a half bags of Cheetos nice. out of five. Um, not not a great start to the uh, to this um, this big story mm-hmm. of. Angel's grown-up son trying to kill him, <laughs> which should be a much better story than what we got in this episode. Mm-hmm. Well, shall I take us out? Please do. Uh, well, don't worry. Uh, we'll we'll be back next week with uh, an episode that's sure to be uh, so much fun, lighthearted, um... I'm sure. Uh, so, thank you for joining us on Booze and Buffy. We'll be back next week with Buffy Season Six. Episode nineteen, seeing red. I'm not gonna lie, man. I'm I'm dreading talking about this episode. It's gonna be it's gonna be a tough time. It's gonna be a really tough time. Yeah, yeah. I actually want to make sure. I've actually been like in my mind. I'm like, I need to sit down and pull some like resources to and some some smarter people than me. To talk about some of this stuff. Because, uh, yeah. Uh, well, anyway, I'm Jason. <laughs> <laughs> you can find me on Instagram at yamij357. And I'm Harrison. You can find me on Instagram at Harrison Kaufman, Uh And on Twitter at Harrison Kaufman, And on threads at HarrisonAlexanderKaufman. That's C-O-F-F-M-A-N. And you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Booze and Buffy, Or you can email us at Buffy at gmail.com. The and is spelled out in all of those cases. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And, uh, you know, we we try to, like, give shout-outs to worthy charities and causes. Um, Obviously, like, a big development is the conflict in the Middle East uh, between Israel and the Hamas uh, terrorist group, and unfortunately there are so many innocent lives fault, like being like, like being drawn into this conflict and, um, aid is trying to get to the people in the Gaza strip and it's not going well, but I know that there are like probably plenty of charities that will, Mm -hmm. um, that like are trying to assist them. Also important not to forget that, uh, you know, Ukraine is still a thing that is happening. That's been happening for over a year now and um it's easy to forget about one conflict when another one takes such a huge yeah part of the world stage so um those are obviously like two two causes that um definitely like need all the help that they can get in making sure that innocent people don't suffer agreed well as always go slay and be gay goodbye, goodbye.